you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. To Fournette, touchdown Tampa Bay. Easy pickings for Tom Brady. Dragging Bears, touchdown! Be strong, JJ! He sacked, and the ball came out. It's Lawrence into the end zone. Touchdown, Mark Andrews! Go! It's scooped up, never has it! End zone bound! Touchdown, Dave Davis! Holy mackerel, 98 yards! Throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's to the five, into the end zone! E-man with a house call! Barkley's in for the touchdown, and the Giants have the lead. Missed it. The Eagles are going to be five to zero. The Eagles are still undefeated. The Texans have finally won a game. Brian Dayball is coach of the year, at least the leader in the clubhouse. We have plenty of injuries. We have plenty of movement. We had a wild week five, seemingly, as we always say here on a Monday morning on NFL Network. My name is Andrew Siciliano. This here is Steve Weich. We also have our first coaching firing of the season. Yeah, it came quick, but it also goes to show you there's absolutely some things going on behind the scenes in Carolina. Exactly. And the Panthers have only one win, and not surprisingly, after falling to the 49ers yesterday, Steve, they have fired head coach Matt Rule, one and four this year. Matt Rule is done. 5 and 12 last year, 5 and 11 in 2020 and 11 and 27 overall. Steve Wilkes, who had one year with Josh Rosen in 2018 as his quarterback in Arizona as head coach, one and done there, is taking over at least for the rest of the season. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, our insiders on this one. We kind of sort of kind of sort of rather Ian saw this one coming, especially considering the way things fell apart yesterday and the fact that those stands were empty in Charlotte by the time Brock Purdy, not Jimmy Garoppolo, was in there to take him. Yeah, and those factors you mentioned, Andrew, were significant. From what I understand, David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers owner, wanted to be patient, just like he was patient with Ron Rivera when he took over, just like uh, he allowed Matt Rule to have a third year, wanted to be patient, wanted this to succeed. The only caveat, and I would say there are probably two caveats, is one, when the locker room stopped believing in Matt Rule. Uh, that, And, you know, when you look on the field, the second half and the pretty ugly loss against uh, the San Francisco 49ers, the effort wasn't great. Uh, the way they were playing wasn't great. It wasn't what owner David Tepper wanted to see. And when that happens, then you start to think, all right, maybe a change would be necessary rather than just something you would consider. And then, you know, is there an embarrassment? And yesterday's loss, you mentioned it, with fans leaving and with the ugly product on the field was certainly embarrassing. All of that spelled the end for Matt Rule's tenure. And Tom, if you think about it, you know, there's certainly been challenges to what Matt Rule came in and took over. Several different quarterbacks, a team in transition. But at year three, by this point, you would hope that it would look better than it did. And so Matt Rule fired earlier today. 
And Ian, David Tepper wanted to show that Matt Rule would have the time it took to exact that cultural overhaul that he was brought in to do. That's why he got a seven-year contract out of the gate. They wanted him to have the runway in order to build this thing the right way. But really, it came down as much as anything to the Panthers could not score. And it didn't matter who was at quarterback, whether it was Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold or Cam Newton when he came back or Teddy Bridgewater. It didn't matter who the offensive coordinator was. Joe Brady, Jeff Nixon finished out last year on an interim basis. Then they brought in Ben McAdoo. In games where the opponent scores at least 17 points, Matt Rule's record was 1-27, including 25 consecutive losses. When you're an owner like David Tepper and you see, in essence, the same game happening every single week, and once the opponent gets the 17 points, you know you've got virtually no chance to catch up. That is a really difficult thing to get over. The Panthers did make runs at fixing the quarterback position. They made a big offer for Matthew Stafford last offseason. They made several pushes to try to bring in Deshaun Watson. Ended up getting Baker Mayfield on the cheap here, but he hasn't played particularly well through the course of this season. They still aren't scoring any points. Andrew, I would absolutely anticipate that those issues are going to shape David Tepper's vision. He gets a audition here for 12 games with Steve Wilkes, who has a defensive background, but he's looking for the new permanent head coach, finding someone who's got a plan to fix that offense and fix the quarterback position. It's going to be a core part of it. Which they have taken a swing every single offseason. Money on Teddy Bridgewater, and then Cam, and then Darnold, and then Baker, and then Ian, real quick here before we move on, you just tweeted moments ago, Baker high ankle sprain, so P.J. Walker, it looks like, against the Rams this week in Steve Wilkes' first game. Yeah, for Baker Mayfield, x-rays were negative. He just got results back from the MRI, and from what I understand, they showed a high ankle sprain. Going to have more tests in the coming days, so how long he is going to be out is going to become clear. Uh, but yes, expected to be P.J. Walker now at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, at the very least, against the Rams. And more injury news, Tom, including another Bosa going down. We have Joey, who's out on IR here in L.A. with the Chargers, and now Nick has a groin injury with the 49ers. Andrew, it certainly sounds like the 49ers are optimistic that Nick is going to be in better shape than Joey here. Kyle Shanahan described it after the game as groin tightness for Nick Bosa, who was seen on the sideline trying to get stretched out, athletic trainers working on one of his legs, just wasn't able to get back into the game, and you can see him right there on the sideline with his out his helmet, plainly frustrated. This is one of the most impactful players on a defense that right now is playing like one of the best in the NFL, so that is certainly one to keep an eye on. 49ers already lost another important part of that defense. Cornerback Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL. He is done for the season. So a question up front and also some shuffling now inevitable on the back end for San Francisco as well. And with Jimmy Ward coming back and breaking a hand as well, Jason Verrett could be coming back for the Niners. Also right around the corner, they're going to go to West Virginia. They have another East Coast game next week. They've done this the last couple of years. They are not heading home. Ian, take me through what happened with Teddy Bridgewater yesterday. Because for those who don't know, they finally agreed, the union and the league, on the new concussion protocols in advance of Sunday's games. Obviously, all of this from the Tua Tungabailoa situation over a couple of weeks and his concussion diagnosis here. Teddy Bridgewater, and we are going to err on the side of caution. Teddy Bridgewater was taken from that game against the Jets after one play. Yeah, and it was after he fell back in the end zone and hit his head and and, uh, was placed in the NFL's concussion protocol. And the reason why 
was not because he failed the concussion test. In fact, my understanding is he passed the concussion test in the locker room uh, by various doctors, uh, as is uh, based on the concussion protocol. What the spotter believed he saw was that Bridgewater experienced ataxia, which is a word that has existed for a very long time, but it just entered the NFL community on Saturday when it became part of the no-go uh, rules in the new concussion protocol. In other words, if a player shows it, if, if it seems that a player is experiencing some sort of motor dysfunction, then he can be taken immediately off the field, uh, regardless of, I would say, an, a, a doctor, a team doctor, or a UNC ruling it. That is what was uh, determined in the Teddy Bridgewater situation. So he is in the NFL's concussion protocol now officially and must go through all the steps in order to get cleared going forward. And Ian, that is an important distinction here because even though the Dolphins say that Teddy Bridgewater passed all the traditional concussion tests, he is now treated because he exhibited those symptoms that were spotted by the ATC spotter. He is treated like any other player who suffers a concussion, and it can be a series of steps here, including being cleared by the independent neurologist before he is permitted to get back onto the field. This also raises something else that we're going to see through the rest of this season, which is you are going to have situations where players do not have concussions and nonetheless are pulled off of the field. That is something that Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer, said that the league and union are willing to accept. In other words, and I'm paraphrasing Sills here, they would rather be pulling players off the field who don't have concussions than leave a player on the field with a concussion that they were unable to diagnose. I would also guarantee you there are going to be situations through the course of the season where the players who are pulled off the field are going to express some frustration. But again, that is where we are at as a league. That is what the union wanted to push for. They don't want to have another situation like what they had with Tua Tungavailoa, even though everyone involved insists he did not have a concussion. And so you're going to have more situations like what we saw yesterday with Teddy Bridgewater and the league and union hope that's for the betterment of the league going forward. And it just so happened that the first situation in which we see this is with the Dolphins. An undrafted rookie, Skylar Thompson, came in a quarterback, made some plays to his credit, kid out of Kansas State. It was still a two-point game of the fourth quarter. Dolphins were definitely in it. Raheem Mostert, best game as a Dolphin. In the end, though, the Jets pull away and put 40 on the board. And now the Dolphins hope to get Teddy Bridgewater back at one point. Let's get to the Browns here, Tom. They had another heartbreaking loss, another game in which Jacoby Brissett plays reasonably well but then throws a big pick late in the game. They still had a chance to win somehow because of a Brandon Staley fourth down decision. But today is different because today Deshaun Watson is let back in the building. Tell us what he can and can't do. Well, Andrew, Deshaun Watson is able to do practically everything his teammates are doing except practice, play, or even attend the games. He is allowed to be in the building, as you mentioned, starting today, and is, in fact, in the building. He can meet individually with the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback's coach. He can do rehab and treatment. He can do individual workouts. He can meet with the non-football people within the building. But again, cannot practice. That's not going to start until November 14th and cannot play until December 4th against his old team, the Texans, at Houston. Now, Deshaun Watson, of course, suspended 11 games amid serious allegations of sexual misconduct. That is uh, something that has played out through the court process as well as through the NFL process. As part of the settlement on that 11-game suspension, he was required to undergo an evaluation by a clinician jointly selected by the NFL and NFLPA. That has happened. Deshaun Watson is in regular mandatory counseling, and that is something that he has to keep up with 
throughout the terms here of his suspension. All right, he is not yet ready, obviously, to come back to a team, a team that, that Ian, even with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney back, could not stop the run. Chargers came in yesterday, the best rushing team, rather the worst rushing team in football, and gashed them for nearly 300 yards. And then immediately after the game, the Browns made a trade. Yeah, and this is a trade that had been in the works for really the last several days, but was finalized last night. Deion Jones, the former all former Pro Bowler for the Atlanta Falcons, who had been one of the better linebackers in the NFL for some time, but is currently on injured reserve dealing with a shoulder injury, has been traded to the Cleveland Browns. It is a late-round pick swap in the 2024 draft. And for Deion Jones, who's only set to make the minimum this year, mainly because the Falcons restructured his contract, it is essentially a rental for the Browns this year, a hope to get some defensive help. And for the Falcons, just another chance to move on from a really, really bad contract for that regime that has had to do this just too many times, guys. Yeah, Matt Ryan to Indy, Deion Jones to Cleveland, Anthony Walker, remember, on TNF a couple of weeks ago. Uh, torn quad out for the year at linebacker for the Browns. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Tom. Gentlemen, we continue on NFL now with some focus on the Philadelphia Eagles, as well they deserve. They are 4-0 heading into Arizona yesterday to face Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. They're 5-0 by now, if you haven't figured it out. They got out to the early lead. They lead the league in rushing touchdowns. Miles Sanders had one earlier. Jalen Hurts had one here. It's 14 to nothing. The Cardinals start slowly. You've heard this story before. But in the end, it came down to Matt Amendola. Matt Amendola, Texan and Chief in the last two months, missing wide right from 43 yards. Could have sent it to overtime. Instead, sorry Cliff, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles, they're 5-0 speech. That's five. Two, three with the pit. We the dog five. We the dog just five. That whole group's a bunch of warriors. That 62 is a Warrior. Yeah. 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 He laid it on the line. He laid it on the line for you guys. He was hurting hard, and he came on the and he came out and kept playing for you guys. And I know a lot of you guys did that. I'm freaking proud of you guys. Hey, I got one more thing. I talked enough. I talked all, all week, right? I talked on uh, Monday. I talked on Wednesday. I talked on Saturday. I talked on Saturday night. So you're not gonna hear me tomorrow, cause I'll see you Wednesday. Uh, end of their game to try to go to 6-0 with the Cowboys. Nick Sirianni there referring to number 62. That's Jason Kelsey, their center, who left the game with an injury, came back, finished the game. A game in which, hi there, Steve White. Hi there, Mark Ross. A game in which, Mark, the Eagles remained the only undefeated team of the NFL. First time we can say that. We continue with that since 2004. What did you see with your former team? Yes, a long time ago, former team. But the Eagles' resiliency and versatility is what impresses me the most. Yes, they're 5-0, and but they really have won in all kinds of different ways. Of course, we know they're prolific in the second quarter, but they've shown they can get in shootouts with Detroit and score a lot of points and hold off. They've shown their defense can dominate a Washington team and a Minnesota team. They've shown their offense can be prolific and come back when they're down against Jacksonville. And then yesterday, they showed that they can just run the ball. Jalen Hurts make timely plays. The defense hold tight in a grinded-out sort of game. So they're winning in all sort of different ways with different players stepping up at different times. And that's what makes this team so good. It's not just relying on one aspect of their team or one aspect of their offense. Is that they've shown the ability to win in different ways. And to me, that's really the sign 
of good and great and Super Bowl caliber caliber teams. Uh, and like you could put their style up against anybody and they kind of have an answer. And how do you defend or how do you stop them? Because they can beat you in so many different ways, Steve. So I was high on the Eagles coming into the season was my Super Bowl pick. And I'm just sticking with that, uh, especially when you look at the landscape of the season and the schedule. Okay. All right, Mark. I, I, <laughs> I, I see you feeling yourself a little bit right now. Um, but look, this is a situation, and you nailed a couple points here. The fact that they're versatile can win different ways. Right, we see teams that are successful be able to do this. This was a grinded out game. As I said earlier, if there was a time when the Eagles were going to get caught slipping, it was this game. They knew they had to play in Arizona, a team that's been up and down. They've got Dallas coming in next week, a red-hot Dallas team. So this is one where they can take the eye off the prize. But defensively, they make plays. I mean, you talked about some of the different ways they can play on offense. But defensively, too, this is a high takeaway team, right? This is a team that you see right there, another pick. The fact that they're doing the takeaways, the fact that they can pressure the quarterback, the fact that they can stop a run, those are all very good signs. So now that they can dig into a whole different vat of ways to win ball games, that's going to play out well for them, especially in an NFC East, dare I say it, is the best division in football right now. So, again, Jalen Hurts, the leadership they've shown, the confidence they have in those, themselves. You heard Nick Sirianni talk about Kelsey toughing it out. They've got something special going right there. So they've got to carry it on in this game against Dallas. I mean, th this is going to be a very good game, but I think if this defense can put it on Cooper Rush, we keep talking about the quarterback win thing with Cooper Rush. If this defense can continue to play the way that it's playing, especially with the takeaways, it is going to be a very, very, very good game this weekend. Yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be a great game. A lot, a lot of excitement there. You know, being a, growing up in Philly, we hated Dallas, man. The Philly fans. Oh, here we go. Anything more? They, they hate Dallas, so. Man, this, this is going to, I might have to just go down and check that one out. <laughs> well, make a weekend of it. You got Phillies, Braves, NLDS Friday, at least, potentially Saturday See? as well. See? Steve's a Cardinal fan. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, did the Phillies beat the Cardinals? I don't, I don't even follow baseball. Did that happen? Oh, wow. Did you did you see what happened? Hey, Friday? Hey, Mark is all in himself right now. <laughs> Jalen Hurts apologized, by the way, for not Jeff, I didn't leading them to a touchdown on that final drive. Just a field goal. Coming up next, trying to make sense of that roughing the passer call mm. in Tampa. We have the rule book. We'll read it to you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." 
Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Tom Brady hasn't lost three consecutive starts if you like the quarterback win stat in 20 years. It's been 300 regular season games. He's also never lost to the Falcons. Had the big early lead, allow myself to hold up a fat head of myself, Leonard Fournette, and they're up 21 to nothing. But all of a sudden, the Falcons come back. They're about to get Brady off the field. They do. Brady Jared a sack, and the Falcons are getting the ball back. Oh, wait. Wait. Jerome Boger called roughing the passer. That's 15 yards. Arthur Smith. Oh, my. Bucks win 21-15. The one sack at the end of the game, they call him for roughing the passer. Um, you know, so it extends the drive. You're able to get off the field. What did you think of that play? Had you been lob- lobbying or asking for some late hits there? I don't. I don't throw the flags. He does not throw the flags. Uh, we'll throw it to some social media reaction. This from future Hall of Famer Julius Peppers. I just saw the Tom Brady call. Uh, all Boger had to do was just come out and say, my fault, I missed the call, and you have to respect it. Any other explanation is unacceptable. Dwight Freeney may one day find himself with a gold jacket as well. He said, can somebody explain to me or the football fan base any other way to tackle Brady? And I think that's the key question here in that situation. Maybe we should just go back to the playground days and two-hand touch it. Peppers and Freeney combined for 285 career sacks, just so you know, in some context. That is staggering. Here it is, Rule 12, Steve, Article 11, Paragraph B. When tackling a passer, this is from the rule book, who's in a defenseless position, the defensive player must not unnecessarily, which is what Jerome Boger said after the game of the pool report, or violently throw him down or land on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. Unnecessarily is the key word here, because that is what Jerome Boger said after the game. He deemed that the motion Grady Jarrett made to take Brady to the ground was unnecessary. We could debate the unnecessary part of it, but Boger used language from the rule book in his explanation afterwards. Sarah Walsh, you were at that game. What was everyone else saying? Well, first of all, I'd like to give some credit to Grady Jarrett and Arthur Smith because the way they handled it, if that happened against the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians was on the sideline, what do you think would have happened next? The next tackle in that game would have been made by Bruce Arians. He would have completely lost it. So I thought those guys really handled it well. I can tell you from the Bucks side of things in the locker room afterwards, Look, you saw Tom Brady didn't want to touch. He said, I don't throw the flags. Mike Evans was asked, hey, are you happy about the way that this league is protecting quarterbacks? And he knew what they were getting at. And he kind of long paused and said, yeah, sure. I'm happy about it today. I thought Raheem Nunez Rochas, who's the defensive tackle for the Buccaneers, known as Nacho down here, I thought he said it very well. He said, look, it helped us today. There's no question. But 
as a defensive guy, we're not out here trying to brutally hurt people. And he said, it's making defenses softer. And he said, well, yeah, they can be happy that that call went their way yesterday. He said, if it's me in that position and I do something like that, you're not thinking you're hurting anybody. You're not thinking you're hurting your team and you could be hurting your team. So I thought he had a really well thought out response to that, trying to see it from the other side of things, being a defensive player. And then it's funny, you put up that Dwight Freeney tweet about, well, maybe we should go back to two hand touch. Todd Bowles was asked about that today if the league would dial it back even more, sort of like what you've seen now happen with the Pro Bowl and and go back to a two-hand touch or be softer. And Bowles, who's clearly a defensive guy, said, I hope I'm out of the league by the time that happens, Steve. Yeah, look, you know, here's a couple of things. So you saw the explanation. If you watch the Grady Jarrett play, this is how the textbook teaching is, what they call a rugby tackle, right, where you are, are the alligator tackle, right? You, you wrap your arms around him and then you roll him. Grady Jarrett is not a dirty player. He is not known as a dirty player. He is not suplexing or slamming time. He rolls him on top of him, right? So he's not trying to hurt him. He so the question gets is, up. is that necessary? That, that, and that's, that's unnecessary how, is the rule. Yeah, and Tom Brady's right. not a little guy, right? He's no. a big guy. So you've got to bring him down. But here's why this is so important. This is why people are up in arms. The Falcons were rolling. They were coming back. They were about back. to get the ball back. They were about to come back. Look at the field position right there, right at midfield. So if they take a punt, the way the offense had been playing, they had an opportunity to come back and win the ball game. Because remember, on the previous drive, they scored a touchdown, convert the two-point conversion. But also, prior to that Grady-Jarrett play, on a third down, there was a ticky-tack defensive holding on A.J. Terrell, which was also very questionable. There also could have been a DPI downfield. On the there could have been play. that. But to ha- for the Falcons, to have that on two third downs, on consecutive third downs, that compounded the angst to all of this. Do not deny this, especially when they had an opportunity to win it. And Sarah, we can't deny this. The fact that it happened against Tom Brady, and he has gotten so many favorable calls going back to the fumble, however you want to call it, the Chris Jones play in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, that only compounds the reaction to what we've seen. And we all know if you watch any Tom Brady game, he's not afraid to get a little chatty there with the refs. Real quickly before I sign off with you guys, the Bucs won this game, and you know football players will always say, hey, we would rather win ugly than lose and look good while we were losing. They're happy that they got the loss, but being in that locker room yesterday, this team was so far from satisfied. It almost sort of felt like a loss when you were in there. They got the win. They've got control of the NFC South, but Mike Evans sort of summed up the feelings of everybody in there. He said, no excuses. We have to be better. They really thought they let their foot off the gas. So look, they've got the win. They've got the lead in the division, but by no means was this this celebratory feeling yesterday here in Tampa. They've got their eyes on certainly uh, bigger aspirations than what happened yesterday, guys. Okay. I I just want to add one little note here from research. Total number of roughing the passer calls for Tom Brady the last two years. I wouldn't do that because it's not what you think. It's not what you think. I mean, I'm just eager eager to hear. Four, five, two? One this year, the one yesterday on Grady Jarrett, one in all of 2021. Two years ago for the Super That's Bowl. That's surprising. Four. There you go. Two. That's surprising. So, those are just numbers. Well I don't done. think the action was unnecessary. I, I don't think it was unnecessarily throwing him down. No. That's my opinion sitting from here. I also don't know why Aaron Rodgers was throwing a back shoulder to Alan Lazard there. I don't know that the pass was going to be complete anyway. But how about the Giants? They're 4-1. and one. That's next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Man, normally, normally this game would be the headline here, but we had so much other stuff going on yesterday, plus the Matt Rule news today. It's 3-1 Kansas City. It is 1-3 Las Vegas. It is Monday Night Football. It is Big Game James. James Palmer live with us at Arrowhead now ahead of the conclusion to week number five, where the Raiders are trying to figure out their one-possession situation here. They're not winning these one-possession games, but maybe the offense is coming around after last week. James, what's the story? Andrew, it's coming around. I think we all know that Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo has been around for a minute, right? He's seen a thing or two. When he watches this Raiders offense, he believes it's going to explode this season. He's just hoping it doesn't happen tonight against his defense. What we've seen added to that mix is obviously the running game with Josh Jacobs, running for a career-high 144 yards against the Broncos a week ago, leading Josh McDaniels, the head coach, to say after the game, I believe Jacobs is one of the best running backs in all of football. But what's happening when they run the football early it's allowing McDaniels to see how teams are lining up against his wide receivers and his pass catchers. And now the third one is added back into the mix. Hunter Renfro returns from that concussion. He sustained at the end of the game in week two. So the Chiefs acknowledged all week. We can't just bracket Devontae Adams. We can't just bracket Darren Waller. We have all three of them we have to worry about. And as they run the football, it adds to the mix of how this Raiders offense operates. So they all believe in Kansas City that Derek Carr will find the open guy, spread the football around, Andrew. They're just hoping it doesn't start to explode tonight against their defense, but they do expect the Raiders to come around. And Patrick Mahomes has certainly been spreading the ball around without Tyreek Hill. That's been the story we've been talking about now for months, Uh, but we should also still remind people that this offense, with or without Tyreek Hill, goes through Travis Kelsey. It does, Andrew. We keep talking every single week. What's going to be different without Tyreek Hill? Well, like, let's talk about what's the same. It's that it does go through Travis Kelsey, and he comes into this game number one in the NFL among tight ends in yards, in catches, in touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes said it this week. Even though he's getting older, he turned 33 this week, he's not going to take a screen pass 80 yards to the house. He said what he is doing is he keeps getting smarter each and every year, each and every game, to where he doesn't just line up and try to beat press man and use his physicality like the old days he finds ways to have more freedoms in the offense they move him around with some more motion and he uses the other players on the field the other concepts within the play to just be more savvy and find ways to get open now Mahomes says once that starts getting rolling early it opens things up for other guys within this offense like Juju Smith-Schuster who is battling a hamstring injury is questionable is expected to play tonight I'm told. But what it also does, Andrew, is it helps this offensive line. When Mahomes gets rid of the football quickly, they show all these different looks to a defensive line early. It helps the offensive line push that defensive line in the run game, something that the Chiefs, as we talk about without Tyreek Hill, right, try to evolve. They want to run the football more. They were extremely balanced last week against Tampa Bay. That's something they'd like to do in this game tonight against the Raiders. Trying to get to 4-1, hopefully not looking ahead as we set up a 4-1 battle potentially next week with yeah. the Bills, a playoff rematch. James Palmer, I think uh, I think I have that tie. Is that from the tie bar? Yeah. Good-looking green tie there. We have the same tie. Right, there buddy. you go, buddy. James Palmer yeah. live at Arrowhead. <laughs>
NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.